Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex. Or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 66 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest-running anthem podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Steve, along with my co-hosts, Mike, Devin, and JD, and today with us, a very special guest, Lupo, Lupo to the rescue. Lupo, how do you introduce yourself when people say, who Um, are you? Usually just exactly like that, Lupo to the rescue. Usually I have to say the number two because people like real words and everything, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, Lupo's my, Lupo's my actual last name, so I just go by Lupo all the time. So, Oh, Lupo's your Lupo. last name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't know this. This is all news to me. I just assumed No, it's not like a nickname name. or anything like that. Like, It's just my real name. Oh, nice. All right. Very cool. And Lupo, you My last joking. name is Codex. <laughs> I, I'm, I guess I'm, lo- I'm looking for the joke. <laughs> just saying. It's just Codex. My last name is Codex. Oh, for some reason, I thought you said Kodak, and I was like, Kodak? Like, why would your last name be Kodak? That doesn't make any sense to me. Guys, this is the longest-running anthem. Somehow, this is the longest-running anthem podcast on the internet with stuff like this happening. So, Lupo, um, with you being... Bad guest. This is the longest anthem podcast. Go ahead. Get it out of your system. Go ahead. Get it out of your system. Go ahead. Lupo, as our guest, please tell us, um, what do you do? I mean, you are a mixer streamer. What else do you do? Yeah, so... um, I'm a mixer, content creator, broadcaster. Uh, I stream five days a week, part time, because uh, I, I, you know, do the work thing and live real life and everything like that. I'd, I'd love to make video games a career. I mean, you just gotta be honest with yourself sometimes. Um, I came from a, a music background actually, and that's what the transition from music to video game broadcaster kind of fit as an adult. You know, so that's where I am now. Very cool. Well, we're glad to have you Very on cool. your your Enter the Javelin Anthem show. Happens Monday at every Monday at what time? Nine Eastern. Oh, I'm sorry, eight Eastern. Eight Eastern. It used to be nine. At eight at eight Eastern. So very cool. I hope everyone is able to catch you. Uh, Mixer at at Lupo to the rescue on Mixer. It's a great show. It's a great opportunity to talk to a lot of people. Um, every time I've been able to tune in, you got you have a great uh, community interaction. Seems like mm-hmm. you've got a really nice community built around you that follows you. Every time I'm in there, it seems like there's new people in there asking questions mm-hmm. about Anthem. And the nice, the interesting thing is, you know, for a lot of us, we've spent the last year and a half, two years talking about Anthem, and it seems like, no, we know all this stuff. How could anyone possibly not know that there's four javelins or it's coming out on PlayStation? <laughs> but it seems like every time I'm in your chat, there's always someone new saying, hey, what what is this game? So it's kind of a good opportunity to, you know, tell people what Anthem actually is. Instead, And of just... I mean, the interesting thing about it is that it's often my regulars, like people that um, are there on other days. You know, uh, I play a lot of Destiny and Warframe and games like that. And those are the people that come for, for those particular streams. So if they see, you know, I'm not doing anything on a Monday, you know, the, the beauty of Mixer is that if someone friends you on Xbox, they get an automatic notification that you're going live on Mixer. So anytime someone just playing their Xbox, they'll get a notification that I'm, I'm going live. So if they're not doing something, they'll just say, hey, he's streaming. Let's see what's going on. And then all of a sudden, like, that was the thing, though, is that I had to change my um, directory to Anthem. Once I did that, it was like a whole s- slew of new people started showing up. So it definitely, you know, it, 
it's directing things in the right way to get the extra foot traffic in there sometimes. But so, it's been an interesting thing to see, like, normal people not realizing what this is. Like, people that I talk to on a regular basis. And, you know, like you said, people still don't know this information. Right. So when, when Anthem goes live, is your is your plan to go full 100% Anthem content all the time? Or are you still going to mix in Warframe, Destiny, all those other games that you're playing? Um, I, I think I'd be shooting myself in the foot if I went 100%. Because... Um, I don't think there's going to be any like enough content all the time to be doing that. And games like Division, Destiny, uh, Warframe, you you see that thing every single day. Um, we as content creators, um, you know, are going to consume the content that much faster. And there's only so much content to be consumed, you know, so right. that you you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Like I'll be playing on two platforms, um, but still, I don't think there's going to be enough to say five days a week, four hours a stream. So that's 20 hours a week on top of the game. You know, the time I'm not going to be on stream playing, I just don't think it's going to have enough time to do that, to warrant that. But I would be, love to be happily surprised. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, as a content creator, you know, for especially this year, it seems like there've been, you know, amazing games that have come out this year that it seems like there's always something to pull from new games that people want to watch be played. Um, yeah. and it seems like next year is going to be the same thing. It seems like there's a lot of great games, a lot of live service games that are coming out that you guys are going to be able to stream, keep people interested because really, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of people that, you know, play games like Fortnite solely. And I guess there's a market for that because Fortnite's the biggest game yeah. in the world. And there's a lot of 14 year olds <laughs> out there. I'm not saying only 14 year olds <laughs> like Fortnite. That's not what I'm saying. Save the emails, but you know, variety <laughs> is variety is the king yeah. of all. I don't know. There's some saying there. So, very cool, Lupo. We're glad to have you here on episode 66. I'm sure there is. We'll find it later. So, JD, question for you. How many days till launch? Off the top of your head. Off the top of my head? Off the top of your head. How many days till launch? Usually I just throw out these word, these numbers for you guys, but I want to hear from you. How many days till launch? Well, the the launch of what? Are we talking like just Let's go launch? Full are we talking... Re- Full Let's go with Anthem. Launch of Anthem, Anthem, the game. How about the Division 2? How many more days till Division 2 launches? Well, that's March. They're making another one? I'll help you out. It's 64 <laughs> days until the launch of Anthem. <laughs> that means there's only... Oh, 50. my. That's way too many days for me. That's way too... Well, right? don't you worry, Devin, because in 57 days... If you have Origin Access Premiere on the personal computing system, you'll be able to play one week early... If you have EA Access on the Xbox or the PC, you'll get 10 hours early. You can start that on the, what is that, the 15th of February. So if you if you get the 10 hours, I think you can start it, you know, on the 15th, but then you burn through your 10 hours. Would you want to use your 10 hours before the game gets released on the 22nd just so you can continue playing? Or do you burn it on the 15th, play for 10 hours, get addicted, go into withdrawals for the next six days, and then get to play it again? Seems like that would be kind of... Kind of a hard you've, way to do that. You've thought this I, through. I, I don't have, have that issue since I have Origin Premiere, so it's true. Um, and then, Mike, there's only 43 days until the demo gets released on February 1st, and everyone gets access demo. to this demo. Everyone, everyone and their dog. If you have a dog that wants to play, you can probably play Anthem, which is fine. <laughs> it just has to sign the EULA, um, and the dog has to understand that. But then. If you pre-order the game, you get access to the demo um, 36 days from now. That's pretty soon. VIP demo. I mean, that's, we're, we are so yeah. close. We are almost like less than a month away 
from being able to play this game we've been talking about for the longest time. I can't believe it. It's crazy. So that's exciting. <coughs> Bless that you. That is a close amount of time. I mean, just I apologize. like when we talked to John, he's like, yeah, they're going gold. What do you say? Early next week? Early next? No, is next it, week. Is next it month? early next yeah, month? Early. That's like demo <laughs> time. Are they going to like go yeah. gold and then launch the demo? Maybe, maybe yeah, going well, gold. Yeah, well, I'm sure they different. have, like to me, it sounds like they have like a, a set of people that are split off that are just working on this demo, you know, that's content locked, feature locked. You know, there's only so much they're going to give to you, even though there's three days to play it, unlimited amount of time, you know. So I don't, I don't know. Right. So, I mean, that's the hard thing when you have to split your team to doing that. You know, anytime they have to make something separate, you know, they have to take people away from working on the actual game. Right. And so quick, dumb question. Um, so the demo, it's unlimited access. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Unlimited access for three days to the demo for whatever content that they're going to give us? I'm, I'm guessing they haven't specified, but I think that would be really weird if they had, you know, time limits per day. Like if they had play sessions for the demo. That, that would be weird. But my, my question is, how much time are you guys going to actually spend in the demo? If you have three days, how much time are you spending in this thing? Um, three days. So you're... So, so you're gonna go full three days, seventy-two hours playing the demo, and just the no. whole time. You're not worried about getting burned out at all, or just kind of being like, "Oh yeah, I played this game for seventy-two hours straight on the demo." Now, when the full game actually gets released, you're just kind of like, "Oh, I kind of got my fill of this." You're not worried about that because I know for sure, Mike, that's exactly what you did when the Destiny demo came out. Uh, well, when it's okay. So, so my history. Um, my therapist oh, said, I, history my therapist said talking about this was good. And so <laughs> I got, I got pretty into destiny. I mean, I was, I slept in my hunter outfit. Pretty I was, into destiny. I was building, I was building sparrows in the backyard. I had all kinds of stuff I was doing. Right. So I was pretty heavily addicted, I guess. I put a lot of hours into destiny, so I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to get burnt out on Anthem from, from the stream today, just seeing the stronghold. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be awesome. But we, but we don't know if you're gonna have access to that in the demo. It is the thing, right? I mean, yeah, they haven't probably, specified right, what right. we have access to. Right. Lupa, are you worried about getting burnt out on this thing? Three days? No, that, not not even close. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in the same I'm in the same boat as Mike. Like the the Destiny de- uh, beta, I played so much that the second I finished. I was like, what am I going to do for, you know, two weeks until the game actually launches? <laughs> You're literally looking for things to do with yourself because you are hooked on that feeling. You know, it's yep. it's great and terrible at the, at the same exact time. Yep. <laughs> that's really, for me, that's the biggest problem. It's like, okay, well, we can play the VIP demo for three days, and then we have, you know, a couple, couple days to wait till the open demo. It's going to be the same demo, you know, so we're going to play it again. Um, but then it's like, all right, now I have to wait again. I just have to keep waiting. <laughs> right. Or well, so- but, isn't that, but isn't that the point of a game like this is to is to master that curve? I mean, there's obviously a curve. You yeah. got better at Destiny by doing the same activities and, and doing the same maneuvers and the same things. I mean, and so it's. I don't think it's a problem. It's 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 practicing. It's, you know... You you find something in life that you want to do, and to get good at the piano, you got to practice thirty minutes a day. Even and it's the same song every time. 
right? I'm not saying so, it's a bad problem. I'm just saying it's a problem for me because I want to play the full game. That's, that's well, the but, but have they said <laughs> that, you gotta you uh, gotta run before you can walk? Yeah. Have they said whether or not it's going to be like it's like all the like all the content? Like, is it kind of no? It's a vertical like, slice. Are, of the are they having any? Yeah, it's just a vertical slice. They haven't said okay. what what all it's going to be, what's in there. Okay. You know. Yeah, because I, I remember, you know, especially what was it the the Destiny beta where, like, they only had like Earth was available, and at that point, people were like, like I remember getting through the Destiny beta and having a good time with it, but at the same time, like, there were already concerns of like, there was like they they had they had laid out like how much of Earth was the total campaign at the yeah. time, and you got and you could only get through all of Earth. Well, they had the moon also that they released. Well, I mean, yeah, but that was like that. That was like one day during the beta. Yeah, but for the most part, it was just it was just Earth, and then people were already concerned about how much of the story content there was. So, uh, if they have any kind of like story mentions or story content, story content in uh, Destiny. <laughs> well, I mean, I we didn't we didn't know that was that was it at the time. I think is the issue, right? We all right? we had a lot yeah. of fun, but I, I mean, we saw I, I'm it. just I'm just curious as that like if it is a vertical slice of the game, like. If they are going to include like uh, any kind of sizable chunk of the the story, and if so, are they going to give any kind of like metric or comparison, uh, and, like in the same way that Bungie gave the whole thing, like, oh, this is like whatever fraction of, you know, like what didn't they say it was like one third of the game or something like that? I don't know. I, I think, think it was I think more the than problem the with that, yeah, but I think the problem with that is then people hold you to it, you know, and then. Just say this is a vertical slice of the game. This is this is some of the game you get. Because then once you start putting, oh, this is one third, then you get into the well. This game isn't enough. There's not enough here. How are you going to keep people? And then you start getting all the Debbie Downers and the and the yeah. Downer. That that's why that's why I'm curious is well if they're going to do that in the first place because it's well, it, I it guess was a weird move for Bungie and honestly they they have kind of you know taken some shots at Bungie in the past for like how different their like what Anthem is. So yeah. I, I'd be curious to see, like, even if it's just like, oh, this is only like one eighth of the game, and it's like more than Earth was. You know, like I could see them taking that shot if they wanted to. I'm guessing it'll be a few missions and then free play. Yeah, because I don't think there's they're going to release any story in the demo. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the tweet. I don't have it at my fingertips. Well, but were they initially find saying it. that we were going to get basically what we saw at E3? That that's, yeah, I think that's the, kind I of think... what I was assuming. That it would just be. I mean, initially, like things can change. It seems like they've gone down a different path from from then to now, and kind of want to focus more on like the the short burst type things as opposed to giving us one chunk of something that's potentially end game. Right. Yeah. And it, I, it, it's also possible that they just whatever the alpha was um, for people that know. I don't know. I'm not breaking NDA. I mean, maybe it's just that also again. But who knows? We're going to continue on before I get all my stuff removed. Okay. <clears throat> So first of all, just as a couple of housekeeping things, um, I just really like to thank a lot of the, all of our listeners, um, people that have been reaching out on Twitter, people that have been reaching out on Reddit, um, directing other people to find our podcast. Um, it's, it's meant a lot to us. Um, we see all your guys' tweets. We see all the emails. So please continue to share those. Continue to send those in. I see them. I don't share them with the other guys. So um, 
So continue to send those in. If you guys have questions, you can email us at freelancercodex at gmail.com or you can go to our website. We have a contact page that you can fill out the little form there. And if you have questions, if you have comments, if you have theories about things that are happening, about the lore, about um, the Legion of Dawn, whether you think Helena of Tarsus was an oppressor or the savior of humanity, you can email all that all that theory to us. So. All right, other housekeeping that we have. Um, every time we've talked about the comics, um, I think it's uh, Yanni. We've been pronouncing the name Yanni. Um, Emily Taylor, uh, gameplay designer on Anthem, has tweeted us and said that it's actually pronounced Janny. Yaro pronounces it like that, kind of like Johnny, but with an A. So it's Janny. It's not Yanni. It's not Laurel either. So we've got a little bit of clarification <laughs> on that. Um, also, one interesting thing that I noticed is I peruse the BioWare um, website every now and then, looking at career paths, seeing what they're hiring for, because sometimes you can get some indicators on what they're working at, what they're looking for there. So there's been a producer of Anthem role posted on their website, and I thought it'd be interesting just to kind of go through the requirements, what it takes to be a producer. So you can see, we got to see today Mike and Ben, um, both have been on the show as um, producers of the of the game. So I thought it'd be interesting just to kind of go over the qualifications. I'm, I'm not saying that Mike's not qualified, but I mean, he, he was missing a lot of shots there on stream today. So <laughs> um, qualifications to be a producer on Anthem provide, no, oh, yeah. there were shots fired, but none of them hit. Mike, come on, <laughs> tighten it up. Wow. Um, oh, I ran into the wall. <laughs> Just kidding. You can come back anytime, Mike. So key responsibilities include provide leadership on video game market trends, patterns, and customer requirements, be a vision holder for the team, driving towards continued financial and critical success of the game, lead the development of new and innovative features, effectively manage a multidisciplinary development team to achieve identified and quantifiable goals. Oh, man. Maintain and enhance creative <laughs> relationships with inside and outside developers participating in the activity, activities of other game product elements, such as marketing, legal, public relations, product management, and other live operations. So you need five years' experience as a producer. That's a pretty high bar. I mean, you just – where else do you go to be a producer before you can be a producer? So you must have shipped at least two AAA mm-hmm. titles, experience – experience leading motivating and driving teams to success as someone that has tried to like motivate a team of three people to do a podcast this one is probably like the most difficult thing i can think of for a producer to do that is hard especially you if you got take some like, motivational speaking questions. i might need to do that so excellent written and verbal communication skills i'm out on that one um successful track record and development of high profile entertainment software products successful track record in the development of high profile energy i mean i think that's saying like you have to release good stuff if you release bad stuff you can't apply for this position i think that's what (laughs) what that's saying to me so strong knowledgeable of the software game market and platforms assertive motivated team player strong technical background is a plus experience let's see experience delivery you have to be able to read i think is a requirement experience delivering content in a live service (laughs) setting that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of big words that I can't even pronounce. So, you know, good luck for anyone that wants to become a developer or a producer for Anthem. Sounds like a pretty hard job. Um, we've talked to a couple of the producers, great guys. Mike and Ben are both really passionate. Um, we've also talked with a lot of other producers on Twitter. Um, so, I mean, hey, if you guys want to apply, go do it. You could be part of one of the biggest games that's about to hit next year in 2019. So, game of the year 2019, right? That's what we're talking about? Guaranteed. So, yeah. Oh, Guaranteed. Yeah. So there, there's also like a Bioware player. If you, if you want to read more um, 
job postings that they have. There's one for player communication director for Anthem that goes into a lot of communicating with the player base in a bunch of different forms, oh. talks about social media, talks about communicating with them, p- putting on live events and doing a bunch of other stuff. It seems like they're really gearing up for this live service and making sure that this game has a tail on it. So pretty Hopefully cool Luke's stuff. like looking it up right now. He's like, what? I, I actually did before, but <laughs> you can do it. I think a lot of times, you know, you read the, the requirements that are put on these things. And I think they're set high for a reason, but I bet if anyone was passionate and had the skills, they can go in and not have uh, you know, a minimum of five years. Usually that's kind of what um, job requirements, they always shoot really high to kind of weed out the people that are like, well, I don't know if I could do that. So if you feel like you got the skills, never hurts to apply. The worst they could say is no, get out of here. We're never going to hire you. So <laughs> then you just keep asking them. Yeah. You know, that's what we've learned over time. That's, a, that's what, isn't that what Ben did? Yeah, it's like then, like moved into their their office. He was like, "I'll move that for you. I'll do this for you. Just give me a job here." (laughs) Where they got drinks? Yeah, all you Bioware devs. I just showed up to your studio with a a whole crate of raisin bran. Am I in or what? (laughs) (laughs) Not with raisin Raisin bran. The whole raisin bran. The myriad of breakfast cereals out there, and you went with raisin bran. He oh. should know. Come on, Mike. That, it's in there. That, it's in there. Both why I chose raisin bread. <laughs> I also he, tweeted that. Hey, this is an Anthem podcast. So, so one thing that I want to do, so we are going to do another giveaway. We have a lot of fun doing Woo-hoo! giveaways. Um, we have a good time with it. I hope a lot of people also have a good time trying to win stuff. So I think what we're going to do, we're going to give away to whoever wins this contest. We are going to give away the option of a Legion of Dawn edition or if you're on PC, a year of Origin Access Premiere. Um, so whatever platform you want, if you want it on PlayStation 4, I think it's coming out on the PlayStation. You can get the Legion of Dawn edition for that. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, and, and we'll work it out with whoever, whoever wins this. But we're going to do a caption contest. So after the show, I'm going to post a picture selected by Mike, uh, not Mike Gamble, by Mike himself here, um, selected a picture from the stream today. So we would like for you to caption it. We're not we're not going to do like a whole pick the best one whichever one makes us laugh. We're just going to do a random drawing so it's kind of fair for everyone if you're not too creative. Um, you know, don't worry about it. Participate anyway. There's still a chance that you can win. So we're going to post that contest tomorrow morning probably when I post the show. So you'll have an option to win the game, which is pretty cool. And then, you know, if you want to pay it forward, if you were going to spend that money on the game anyway, buy the game for a friend that was on the fence and then you'll have someone to play with. So, fun stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Lupo, I don't know if you can enter. I think there's there's like a disclaimer in here. Said if you're on the show at this time, you might not be able to enter. Yeah, this is the first time he heard about it. So Fair enough. We'll let Lupo enter. Yeah. All right, guys. I've talked a lot. We're going to talk some more. So today, Devin, what happened today, Devin? Oh, we had a great stream today. Uh, this afternoon, it was pretty good. They did a stronghold. It was a nice surprise. They had John in there with him, Mike, and Ben. Ben flew up all the way from Austin to show him how to stream properly. And shots uh, <laughs> <laughs> fired. They're like, we hit those guys. No, uh, they did that. This, I mean, technology, right? Sometimes, trust me, we've had plenty we of know. technical issues. Never, we know. trying to stream oh. or do other things, and just crap just doesn't work. So. <laughs> Um, oh man! Sometimes there's nothing you can do, Lupo. But they had a great stream. You're a streamer, Lupo. You never have technical issues, right? 
Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone through three different streaming softwares, three different capture cards, uh, two different cameras, everything. Everything. Isn't that Murphy's to, Law? I just had to re uh, factory default my Xbox last week or two weeks ago, <laughs> something like that. It, if it's not one thing, it's something else. Just if it can go so wrong, I, I understand their well. pain. I absolutely understand their pain. <laughs> but we can laugh at it because you know that's how we move on. Laughter is the best medicine, so we laugh. Absolutely, about it. It is what they say. Sorry, Jeff, I cry totally derailed. We do it. laugh about it. We do laugh about it. Stephen the derail is also a pretty good medicine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they showed us the. Uh, interceptor perspective, uh, as you know, if the interceptor had ADD and couldn't stand still, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm mad. Okay, it's cool. <laughs> Did a great job hitting a few walls, not really killing too many enemies, but uh, you know, looking up at the ceiling and different uh, things. <laughs> so when I'm playing Anthem by myself, and you guys have to come over and watch, like I'll let you, like it's cool. Yeah. Permaban, so as we as we got to see the interceptor, like I want to know, like um, Lupo, this is the first time we got to see the interceptor in full action. We've seen yeah. a couple little gifs of it um, on the website. So, what was your overall? <coughs> what was your overall impression of the interceptor? Um, I thought the I thought the mobility of it was was really good. It's it's oh, yeah. drastically different from the other um, javelins that we've seen so far. So. That's definitely a, a positive. If that, if that's like your playstyle, you want to get in, do some burst damage real quick, and get out. Um, maybe recon the area. Like you kind of saw Mike do that, where he went after the snipers or went after the the alarm objectives or something like that. So it seems like that's what it's designed to do. Like be fast, get in to do some burst damage real quick, and then get out and support your team in other ways possible. JD, what did you think about? I mean, that thing was melee. I didn't even know this. That thing had a weapon. I mean, it was melee, ninja stars, you flying know, around. I, I'm, I'm not gonna, uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, seeing the interceptor in action, um, especially when Mike was uh, kind of getting a little bit more, uh, depending on your perspective, either uh, into a combo or just frantic. Um, it kind of reminded me of like some of the like. I had flashbacks to like the old Mighty Morphin Power Rangers show where because they, they were they were they were hands and like I mean there were punches there were kicks like I I dig it it's I I really liked how it moved I really like how it fought and um you know I wasn't too sure if the interceptor was going to be uh, one that I liked as much as the other javelins but this one definitely uh, the stream kind of changed my mind on it a bit so. So, so have you gone from going pro Colossus to going pro Interceptor here? Um, I'm. I think I'm still going to go Colossus at first because I, I feel like I, I'm going to really want to. Uh, Colossus is probably going to be the easiest for me to understand, just from a playstyle point of view. Because um, I'm a big guy, I can hit hard. It's it's a mindset that's easy for me to fall back into. Uh, but for but being quick and like making a javelin that really supports that. I feel like I'm, I'm, I can definitely, I'll definitely go into that later, but I'm not going to go swinging out of the gates with it. Fair enough. Mike, uh, impressions on the Interceptor. Interceptor impressions. Um, so it looks, it's fun. It looks fun. It's quick. It's agile. It's that ninja-esque kind of thing. Um, I enjoyed watching it. It was, it was fun watching the entire thing, the entire stronghold and, 
and realizing that that it's going to take us weeks upon weeks of getting it done because I can see Steven just dropping the thing and getting shot when he's supposed to put the thing in the thing. But, you know, it's cool. These are those <coughs> things we'll work through, but I'm excited. Um, I don't think it's it's kind of taken me off off the uh, the ranger. I think everyone knows that I'm I'm a ranger dude until we until you know any until something happens and and although how it was super cool, I don't think it's it's gotten me off of the ranger. I'll I'll probably still be phrasing, Mike. Okay, phrasing, and then sorry, <laughs> brah. Yeah, so Devin, I don't really care what you have to think about the interceptor, but. <laughs> Like what was your what was your what was your overall impression about like the stream itself? I mean, it it seemed to me like it was just a group of guys playing a mission and then explaining afterwards. I mean, did you like that approach of this stream compared to last time when it was very much explaining what we're doing? This is this. This is this. This was just let's go in, let's play it, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. So after a while, I I enjoyed it when I was when they were first playing. I was thinking about. Maybe they should have a stream where they have their testers play, you know, where they can just like they're gonna go in and and show them just kicking kicking butt, you know, and taking names. Not that these guys were horrible; they did a great job. They're having fun. It's really hard to play games and talk. I'm sure Lupo can can share his perspective on that. <laughs> and uh, but I, I think it. I still enjoyed it, you know, uh, as things got on and they got more comfortable playing and talking and and. Uh, you know, I I think uh, it was something that I enjoyed. I did enjoy. You know, it was kind of frustrating that they didn't finish the stronghold, <laughs> but they're like, I want to ah, see. Geez, you have to see this for yourself, and uh, which is fine. It's cool. Um, but I thought that worked out really good doing them playing and and uh, just having fun. I would like if they do where they're playing, if they have show all the perspectives on, on screen. Um, I don't really need to see their face the whole time while we're watching them play. Honestly, I mean, it's great that they're they have a you know video feed of them, which is fine. But I'd rather have four, three or four screens of you know showing every perspective so I can watch whichever perspective I feel like. So. Right, right, right. And that I, would be yeah. cool. And and I do kind of like that they just did a portion of it because I think you know we saw when we first saw the swarm tyrant when way back in during EA play. I mean, that was a cool moment being like, oh, wow, there's enemies this this size in the game. And because it wasn't something that we had even seen before. It was like probably the biggest enemy we have seen um, at all in the game. So knowing that there's going to be another cool enemy that size is kind of leaves that open to, you know, what is this going to be? And you're going to have that moment of, oh, remember that first time we went through the Temple of the Scar or Scar's Guard, whatever it's called. So I'm kind of excited that they didn't go all the way. But then I'm kind of disappointed that it's like, you're right, because you do want to see more. I mean, we got to see them take out some turrets. They took out a lot of dudes. They picked up the thing. They put the thing on the thing. I mean, at least this time it was like, hey, let's blow up this door. It wasn't, hey, just go touch this computer and wait, you know, a couple seconds. It was actively doing something. So you felt like, you know, okay, I'm not just waiting for a timer to go down. So you're actively picking up a thing of explosives and putting it at the yeah. door. So. I thought and that I do was like that cool. you can't fly when you have those objectives when you're carrying it. So, yeah, I think that would probably make it uh, a little too easy if you can just fly around with those things. And I did like it that it was it was kind of just a casual. This is us playing. This is probably going to exact be exactly how a lot of people are when they're playing. Um, or a lot of people are probably just going to be on mute, um, cussing at the people that are 
on the same server as them. But you know, I I, th- I thought it was really well done stream. I really liked the the questions that Shut they did up, on Riz. the end. Yeah, just just hurry up and reg yourself. And you know, we did do a poll about you know who was going to die first, uh, Ben or Mike, and Mike did die first. Um, sometimes it happens when you put acid on the ground and, you know, you're not paying attention that you're actually taking acid damage, you know, that kind of stuff happens. So one of the cool things, um, real quick that I, that I thought was that can be improved on are the shurikens from the interceptor are super tiny and don't feel like they have the amount of weight like the other weapons do. I mean, anytime there was a grenade thrown, anytime there was a super going off or an ultimate, it's really loud and explosive. The shurikens just seem very pew 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 pew, and that's it. That's, that's <laughs> they did the a lot of damage. Just... I mean, they did a lot what, of damage. What was, that, what was that sound again, Mike? I mean, not Mike, Steve. Yeah. Not... Hey, JD, oh, this hey. is episode sixty-six. Gary, what, what was that sound? <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, it just didn't seem like it was very. Like, oh, I'm a superhero. This is like a superhero ability. I mean, maybe that's something that they're still working on that they've looked at. They're like, hey, we're going to tweak this. Or maybe that's just, you know, there's tiny little ninja stars. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. I don't know if you guys had any um, input on the lackluster ability of the shuriken. I mean, it definitely seemed a little uh, like it didn't have the same kind of oomph as some of the other abilities. And when I was watching the stream, it was like I could see him throwing them, but I don't know, like, it just, it felt like it could be more satisfying to throw them, um, which, uh, that's, that's my only gripe, it, it, it feels like it, it could, it could be a little bit more, uh, it could feel more rewarding, but then again, I don't know how it feels to actually play it, so I'm just going based off of visuals here. Right. And then, Mike, you noticed something here you wanted to touch on? Oh, I just, as I was watching, and, and I, and I just made a note there that, which is which is kind of a cool thing as far as gameplay is concerned. Um, so they said that as you go through the stronghold, if you end up doing it multiple times, then your dialogue uh, windows boxes, the actual dialogue kind of starts to fade itself down, which is really nice because and Lupo, you probably you know streaming all this Destiny content, you can do or all your content, just everything back and forth and different languages and you know what's being said and and you know what's happening so it's going to be kind of nice when that's not there yeah we already have enough memes in this community we don't need (laughs) uh, we don't need some npc making a comment about something right (laughs) over and over again yeah so one of the yeah so it'll be good yeah i what did you you think We didn't Ninja ask Mike. Lupo what he thought about this. Not, not, not to be confused with Freelancer Mike, but... Exactly. <laughs> Lupo, only one of me. Lupo, what was your impression? What do you mean? Didn't we ask, uh, we asked I, Lupo? I, thought, no, I, I talked about the end of it a little bit, but I mean, overall, the streams are improving week over week, you know, and I think that's the most positive thing that we have to look at right now. Um, I definitely agree with Devin's perspective where we should have seen all of them, but they wanted to focus yeah. mostly on the Interceptor because we haven't seen it yet from that perspective. But I, I definitely agree that it would have been nice to see all of them because we haven't seen a lot of the Colossus since EA Play. So yeah. that I would have liked to see more of as well. As much as like Colossus is probably like the bottom for me. I don't know. I guess yeah. Colossus and, and, and Interceptor are both bottom for me at this point. But I would like to see more. But I, like, I, I can't complain. It, like This is an absolute oh. surprise getting yeah. the stream in general. I think the explosions were really good as well uh, for 
I don't know, I mean, I was really surprised. It's like, man, these explosions are huge, and there is. It didn't look like there was any frame drops that were going on. Um, I didn't so see any. Was, there was one where where Mike Mike took his interceptor and he flew it into a tunnel, and then he popped his ultimate. Uh-huh. Did you see that one? And like, and like, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, it was. A, and it it seems like everything he shot ricocheted off of another wall, and it was just bouncing all over the place. So it was cool. I mean, it was cool. I think I think he actually prefaced it with, "Hey guys, watch this." You know, <laughs> I was like. You know, like, hold my beer. Here I go. <laughs> well, and then and when like, they were blowing up all the mines and then Ben came down there and he's like, well, I'm just going to run through. And it was just like. Yeah. Just I, I mean, I think it definitely has to be said that um, it lo- it actually looked like they were having a lot of fun playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, it did. I mean, I've seen other games. I've seen other devs like, you know, you know, play their games on stream, but. Anthem really looked like it really looked like they were having a good time, and I, it made me really want to play the game again. I think it, you know it looked a lot of fun. I think they should do a co-stream on Mixer. I mean, maybe because they're streaming on Twitch, they don't really know about co-streaming, where you know people can then choose whichever perspective they want to to look at. Yeah, um, you know, because they can just you can have all four if you want to look at one and choose it and go from there, mm-hmm. but. Maybe that's something we'll tell them about. Hey, maybe you should try that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Try this. That's something try like this. the the uh, brand new uh, what's the position player community director should know about all the new technology that's out there to uh, need show a community off the manager. <laughs> Not me. So one of the things that I really liked about the uh, the end of the stream was the Q and A that they had. I actually thought this is probably one of the better Q and As that we've heard from. A lot of times the questions are just kind of out there, but this seems like I don't know if they wrote these questions down before because Ben had mentioned that he skipped over four of them, but it seemed like this was a pretty focused set of questions. Maybe they took it from Twitter before, which I really liked. More curated list, I guess. So one of the questions, yeah. though, that I wasn't a fan of because they've answered this before, you know, how many javelins, different types of javelins can you have? If you want four storms, you can go four storms. They've answered that before. I think they answered that way back in PAX. But again, there's a lot of people that this is probably the first stream that they've caught um, talking about Anthem. So, you know, yeah. it, maybe it's important that these things keep coming out. And we talked a little bit about having an FAQ out there. Um, what has been answered? What hasn't been answered? And that's kind of hard because a lot of this stuff probably isn't set in stone 100% yet. So do you spend the time now making it an FAQ or do you wait till the game releases and then do an FAQ? And at which point, at that point, people are going to be playing the game. Is it going to be that important to even have something out there like that? I think it'd be important because people are still going to want to check into it and, you know, it gives people something to look at even when they're first starting until they get to kind of know everything. And I mean, like I said, things change just like, you know, earlier this week when I was asking Mike about, uh, Mike Gamble about those infusions that he talked about with our interview, you know, uh, right after E3 or was it before E3? It was before E3. Is it? And uh, he was like, yeah, there's infusions. And so I was like, all right, we did infusions. And so I asked him, and I was like, are infusions still in the game? He's like, yeah, they're still in the game. And then Ben came in. He's like, oh, just so you know, we changed the name from infusions to inscriptions. So that's what they are. So no, not to confuse people and think, oh, you know, they're two different things. So. Right. Uh, it's definitely difficult, even you know, with a, a de- I don't know how long how large their dev team is, but it's obviously two different studios and two different countries and towns, you know. Um, so there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on. 
And and it's very possible that that memo just didn't make its way up to Edmonton yet. That, hey, we're changing the name of this because <laughs> we're going through and we don't want to call it um, an infusion because other games are using, you know, the terminology infusion and you want to differentiate yourself. So, I mean, and, right. and that is hard because we even talked about the grenades way back in, shoot, it must have been, <laughs> well, when did we get the grenade? That was the story. That was a pre-E3 trailer. That was a pre-E3 trailer where the Interceptor throws a grenade. Um, there's a huge old thing about, you know, the Interceptor throws a grenade, but we've been told that only the Ranger has grenades, and that was only in there because they thought it filler. looked cool and filler, it was filler. Yeah. But now on the website it says that there's a, a acid bomb, which is a grenade. So it's, you know, this stuff fluctuates. I mean, and it's very, I mean, like you said, these are huge teams. You know, the guys over at Cinematics probably aren't talking with gameplay, you know, every day, so they don't know. And that's where the producers come in. They're trying to steer the ship. John's kind of at the helm, and he's trying not to crash it into an iceberg. So, I mean, it's it's hard. Um, but, you know, everything that we've been seeing so far, I and mean, the game looks fantastic. Visually, it's, it's stunning. So, I'm excited to see more. Maybe we'll get our hands on it in a couple days. So, and then any other comments? Questions, concerns about <laughs> what? What? Why are we gonna get it in a couple days? Do you know something we don't? Oh, maybe I can't. Tell. Maybe that's under NDA. Never mind. So <laughs> the custom customizing the Legion of Dawn skins, you can change the colors, but you can't change the decals because the devs are have they've developed decals to look a certain way to make them actually look nice. Because if you get stuff in the hands of the users, we just mess everything up. So they're just like, Nope, this is what the sticker looks like. This is what you get. You can change the colors of the suit and everything, but you know, the decals are what they are for right now because they said during the personalization stream that it's just going to add extra layers, extra, you know, bandwidth that they're going to have not bandwidth. What's the word I'm looking for. It's going to it's going to add extra data when you're tracking all that stuff. So you can't change the color of the decals yet. John said he really wants that option, but maybe John doesn't know what he wants. So you, that's not what you want, John. Okay. I don't know. I mean, we want to be able to customize as much as we want, right? So. Yeah, but do we? I mean, do we really need to customize the interior of our javelin? Yeah, I want felt. Okay. Not, not the interior. Or the lore, please. Yeah. Yeah, I want, the, I want that plush interior. <laughs> I want a freaking wooden javelin. And, uh... Oh, you'll get that. Yeah, That'll be there. The... It'll be there. The storm Not cape. at lunch. Well, the storm cape would catch Not fire is what I'm saying. You can have a metal cape, but you can't have a wooden javelin. No, you can't. So important question that popped up afterwards, and I want to get all of your input on this, so make sure you have input. Um, they talked about, are there any loot drops that only come out of strongholds? And Ben said, no, there's not. He said the system is a loot table-based system, to whereas it seems like everything's on a table, and as you increase the difficulty, um, certain items are going to drop more, and they have a more frequent rate of dropping. They, I think there's still a lot that they haven't told us about the loot tables. I imagine that stronghold loot tables are going to be different from legendary contract tables that John talked about. So I think there's still a lot that we don't know. But I wanted your guys' input. Would you ra- rather have the knowledge that this swarm tyrant is going to drop this um, this certain component that you have to chase, or would you rather have it that you know what I could be playing anywhere and that component could drop? Lupo, do you have a preference on how that would happen or how you think it should happen? Um, well, like I'm used to the to the Destiny system or Borderlands system, where if you want weapon A 
it's at this particular place. You can go here, kill that boss until you're blue in the face and get that particular item. But if they manage to utilize the system the way they have it and keep everything in that, um, you know, that uh, Lancer to Grandmaster 3 section, you know, increasing the drops, but then you have better items for those legendary contracts you mentioned and have those be specific to whichever boss the contract is for. I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. So then they're like on a daily rotation or a weekly rotation or something like that. So you know that there's a specific time frame to get these things. I think with live service, having a demand for things at specific times is what drives player bases to come back mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. So it, rather than, you know, get everything out at the beginning. So, you know, if, if the thing resets on Tuesday, you can do everything on Tuesday and Wednesday and be done for the rest of the week and not play the game. But if things change every couple every couple of days or every other week, there's necessity to be playing more than just the fastest amount of time. Yeah, yeah I like that. I, I agree. I think I, I'm okay with a grand table that has everything in it, but I'm also okay with, with event-specific loot. I think it's important to have there because then, I mean, you can you can theoretically then skip a bunch of stuff, get loot somewhere else without having to do every activity that way. So I so I'm I think I got a foot in both camps. I, I like the big loot table, but then I also like the event specific loot. JD, do you My, have, go ahead, Devin? All right. Well, I have two main concerns, right? So. Like they're talking about, if you want a specific weapon and you get the, um, you know, you have the stats are going to be the same, but you're looking for specific. Uh, can't remember the word I just mentioned. Inscription. Inscription. Inscriptions. Yeah, <laughs> like in certain infusions. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so you want certain inscriptions, and if you don't get what you want, you have to go get that weapon again, right? And if it's all luck all the time, you know, it's going to be kind of difficult and can be maybe be a little bit frustrating to get that loot um i can that's you know kind of the concern there for that as well as you know if you, the one thing i don't like about timed or specific i just always think back to the black spindle right in destiny <laughs> you have to play that specific mission at a certain time it was like only in the evening whatever you know and you had to get it there and so it sucked because i got it like my first playthrough i got lucky and got it my first playthrough and um, did it all in the time and everything that you needed. And then all the time, people were like, oh, let's go play that mission. Let's go keep trying this mission. And so I was stuck playing with people trying to do this every Wednesday night to get that to get one weapon, which was super frustrating because I want to play other stuff, but I still want to play with my friends. So it's like, all right, let's go play some more Black Spindle missions. Yay! <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that's that's that can be frustrating for me when you're like, you know, it's, if you're just trying to keep going through for the same weapon, it can be a little irritating for me, you know, because I, I guess because I only got the weapon it's irritating if I didn't get well, it. Well, then don't get it day one, hour one, week one. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you want Dude, me to do, suck? I don't I mean, think I, that's you know, an option, right? <laughs> 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 I mean, come on. But, you oh, know. Oh, man. I, I just, you know, it's it can be frustrating when you're playing the same stuff over. And I don't want to have to play the same stuff over and over to get the weapon, but I don't know. There's two. That's those are my two frustrations. Right? JD. No, and they're and they're valid. They're just not very good. Like you playing <laughs> a game. <laughs> 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 
so in regard to like Luke coming in at certain times, like like that was saying, like that could be that that was definitely frustrating. Um and it most of my experience with this ha- usually comes from Warframe. And that's usually because like uh, there are only certain times that certain types of resources are available. So uh, like Lupo, you play a lot of uh, you play a lot of Warframe. So like you're mm-hmm. familiar with like Nitane Extract. Oh uh, yes, how difficult it is to like. There's I an know what you mean. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the whole thing is that yeah, like there's only, you can only get that at certain times. And you know, on one hand, like it rewards the hardcore players. Uh, who have nothing but time because, you know, like if they're constantly like, I mean, like uh, when I, when I had no job and was doing nothing um, really outside of school, I had the, like anytime, like my phone went off, like, Oh, 19 extract is, you know, available right now. Like I would jump on my Xbox, get it real quick. And then, you know, jump off because I was like farming that one particular resource. Um, But the idea that you could just get it from anything, it's a, it's a lot more convenient to me um, because it doesn't feel like it. It allows me to work towards something that I want without feeling like pressured or really forced to play uh, to play the game. Because, I mean, I, I can't really speak for other people, but I know that I am one of those people that I do not like being forced into something. You know, I, uh, I I don't like it when I have to uh, play a game on somebody else's terms. And when you're getting into those points where you can only get a certain weapon or a certain resource at a certain time during a very particular circumstance, it does kind of feel like the game is basically saying, well, you could play this right now and get the thing that you want, but you could also just not and not get it. And it, it just feels a little bit too much like... Uh, it just feels a little bit too controlling for my tastes. Like anytime it's come up, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but no, it makes sense. And I think this is one of the, you know, a game developers nightmare trying to figure out the best way to implement this. Like one thing that's not fun is playing borderlands Two. There's an item called the bee in that game that if you get the, (laughs) if you get the item, it you completely break the game when it was first released before they patched it and nerfed it. You get this thing, you just destroy everything. And the way to get it was to farm this one person over and over again. There was a quick load point, you know, that you had to run from. And I did this for, you know, probably 12 plus hours to get this drop. And that's not fun. Um, but then you're like, well, then if it's not fun, then why did I do this for 12 hours just to get the, you know, get to the point where you're like, okay, now I can start having fun after I did this unfun thing for 12 hours. And I don't like that. So if you build a game to where you can get a loot drop, you know, from doing anything, but then to JD's point, that also takes away, is it really a chase at that point? If anything can drop at any time, what are you really chasing? You know, I'm going to go shoot this thing, you know, anything can drop out of it. It's not like you're really chasing something. And one of the things that I think that we don't know yet is, you know, how seasons are going to happen in Anthem. You know, if there's going to be certain items that are only going to happen in during this season, is it going to change from the next season? Are all those items going to go away forever? Is there never going to be a chance to get it back? I mean, there's a lot of things that we don't know yet. I mean, even between the five of us, you know, we have differing opinions on how it should work and what's fun for us. So you can imagine being a developer and trying to figure that out for thousands of people. I mean, and 
at the end of the day, we're not going to know how it works until we actually get our hands on it. We're not going to know what those percentage numbers are if things are never going to drop, if things are good at dropping too often. So it's it's a it's a hard thing to try to develop for. But I think we beat that. I mean, you, you do bring up a good point, though. I, oh, I, I do. I think... Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do think that um, one big thing to emphasize, though, is the fact that you it, it Matt, like it it opens up the possibility of grinding, um, grinding a particular well, grinding for a particular resource or or weapon or basically just grinding in general. However, unlike um, you know something like Destiny or Warframe, where it's like you're grinding the same missions over and over again, you have the freedom of variety that this can drop anywhere. If you just have the difficulty, even if you don't have the difficulty higher, the possibility is always there, but if you want to have it, uh, have it be higher, you know, play a higher difficulty, you know, make it tougher on yourself. But all I know is that when I, that's probably the worst part about grinding for me is when it's, you're playing the same mission over and over and over again. And uh, having the, narrative dialogue kind of fade out that's going to help things but at the same time it's like you you're, you're going to get tired of the game or at least one portion of the game much faster if it's just the same thing over and over and over again just to get one item um because i cannot i cannot tell you like no matter how great a raid was in destiny um sometimes running it like week after week just for like one thing ended up making me sick of that place and sometimes you just so. never get the boots you're looking for. So, And then they also <laughs> talked about um, we're going to have six difficulties when they launch the game. We're going to have, um, uh, what do they call it? Shoot, I don't even know if I can say it. Can we say it? Yeah, they told us what they are. Lancer, Freelancer. Are you sure? Okay. So they master. had Lancer, Freelancer, Master. Then they have Grandmaster 1, 2, and 3. After you hit level 30, you unlock those higher difficulties. And Ben said in the future, they're going to add on to that. They also said that Grandmaster 1, 2, and 3, they can scale those up and down to whatever they need to. If they're too easy, they can turn that up. And then eventually they'll add on to these. I, I imagine when it hits live service after the initial release, there'll be Grandmaster 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and then you know, your weapons are going to increase exponentially, and you'll just be able to blow up lots of stuff, and it'll be really cool. So, And then just going through these, since we've been talking for an hour and we've got other stuff to get to, the they talked about mm-hmm. the metal system. We got to see that in action. Um, we didn't get to see a lot of it. It showed a bunch of metals popping up with the achievements that they were doing. It showed XP gain. Um, John said as you play with bigger groups of people, you're going to be able to um, share that XP and all those achievements that you did. So it's more advantageous to group up with more people. So, I mean, use matchmaking. You can match up with a bunch, with a bunch of random people, get that bonus, get through the game, get a lot of gear, get a lot of loot, you know, have a lot of fun, all that fun stuff. And then real quick, they also mentioned, someone asked about raids. They said, will there be raids or aspirational content is what they're, is what they're calling it. A reason to go and grind and play the game. So, or the long tail chase that Ben called it. At launch, there's going to be a lot of stuff they said because the game's going to be released. There's going to be all this new stuff that we're going after. Then after that, Elder Game's going to open up with strongholds and legendary contracts. They did not mention Shaper Storms. I know they mentioned Shaper Storms would be like an end game activity previously, but they didn't even, you know, say, hey, we're not talking about Shaper Storms yet. So maybe that's something that's not in the game anymore, or maybe that's something that's changed. Um, which would be kind of weird, but I don't know. We yeah, I didn't notice that. 
Yeah, because, I mean, Shaper Storms, that was like the big thing in 2017 is that they dove right into that Shaper Storm, but they haven't mentioned it at all. So it'll be interesting to see if that's, maybe that's just got reworked and now those are legendary contracts. And then when live service rolls out, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they're not ready to talk about for obvious reasons, and then we'll get to see all that stuff later. So a lot of fun stuff coming out, maybe. I hope it's going to be fun. If it's not going to be fun, we're going to end the show. So hopefully it's fun. (laughs) Any other comments on the live stream before we move on to talk about the Legion of Dawn? Anyone have anything? All right. We're going to move on then. So... (laughs) We got you, Steve. We're here for you, bro. All right. I know. I've I've been like looking at this stuff a bunch. I hope you guys got the opportunity to. So real quick, I am going to talk a lot about the Legion of Dawn. We had a trailer of the Legion of Dawn that we were able to see last week before we recorded with John. So we didn't get to talk a lot about it um, with just a quick overview of it. And then we got a little snippet, a blurb on the website about the Legion of Dawn. So at any time, you guys, please jump in, stop me. If not, I'm just going to keep rolling on because we've been talking for an hour and there's a lot to get into this. So one of the things that I really enjoyed about the Legion of Dawn um, cinematic that we got is it showed off a lot of murals and it showed off um, what I think is a chrono uh, or a timeline of what we're seeing with Helena Tarsus. Okay, so you guys yeah. are going to have to go with me. This is just pure speculation, pure theory crafting. So We're going the, down the rabbit hole. We are. This is the biggest Everybody rabbit hang hole. on. So Legion oh, of Dawn info, real boy. quick, I'm going to read this. So they say, our world is a violent and cruel place. For centuries, we lived at its mercy, unable to rise above the violent chaos that shook our land and mutated the creatures around us. We would be suffering still, if not for the Legion of Dawn, under the eye of General Helena Tarsus. Is it Helena? Helena? What are you guys going? I'm going Helena. I've heard a lot I'm of Helena, though. I always, oh, I thought it was Helen of. Oh, what? like Helen of Tarsus? No, but it was, that's, but that's it not was that. Helena. Mike, Mike doesn't read anything. You can text him all this information. He doesn't read it. There's websites he won't read it. You can put together this whole long dissertation and he won't read it. So that's why Mike thinks it's Helen of. Uh, I thought it was. Yeah, hey, are there four javelins in this game? You son of. Can son you of... play with the same four javelins with all? You know what? If Ash was on right now, you know what she would say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'd be if not for the Legion of Dawn under the eye of General Helena Helen of Tarsus. They built the first javelins, protected us from the chaos, and created a new future of all who came after their story. Her story is what makes ours possible. When every day was a battle for survival, we had few resources to make better lives for ourselves and even less time. But General Tarsus and those who followed her saw a different way forward, and that was by making weapons. One of her followers was Arden Vasa, an inventor and genius in his time. He built the Javelins of Dawn, a forebearer to the Colossus, and created one of each of Gen- one for each of General Tarsus's disciples. With the powerful tools at their disposal, General Tarsus led the Legion of Dawn to victory against the forces of our raging world, finally giving us a chance to live in peace. Okay, so real quick, I am going to describe a couple of the murals that we've seen. Devin will put this up on YouTube. We'll put we'll also put these on the website. So for people that are are listening, we'll describe these as best as we can. Hopefully, you've already seen these, but we're going to go through here. So. One of the murals that we see is a, it looks like a javelin, a very small javelin with a spear stabbing a titan in the chest. And this titan is falling backwards. 
And one of the interesting things about this mural is it looks like there's a tentacle creature holding the Titan in place. Um, so I don't know if this was Helena Tarsus led this thing into a trap and was able to take it down this way. And these were kind of the tactics she was using at the time because in this image, they don't have a lot of armor. Um, there are other creatures also standing in the forefront, but these people, they don't look human. They definitely look alien. If you look closely at their hands, they only have three digits. Their heads um, look like they're sloped back, like almost like a Triceratops hood, I guess. I don't know a better way of describing it. Um, Interceptors? An interceptor? (laughs) No, I mean, oh, okay. So they look look like the head of the interceptor that we've seen. They're sloped back, almost like they look they look super fast they're armored skulls so i don't think these things are human have you guys looked at this at all and been able to you know do you think these are human do you think these are a different race mutated by the anthem of creation i think they're all in javelins so, so you you think well, they're they're helmets yeah i think these are javelins so that's what i think well, i mean you do see like the like the knee joints and stuff like that in the yeah. pictures so like there's noticeable like you know, circles where the knee joints are and gears I think, and gyros and stuff. And then like the the backwards leg thing. I forget what there's an actual word for that. Yeah. Yeah, the backwards creepy. leg thing works. So creepy. Isn't it creepy? It yeah, is yeah a those creepy. are those are people in those are people in javelin, Steve. Okay, so I so if you guys look at the heads, the look at the helmets, I think I don't think these are helmets. And I will tell you why. Because I have other uh, supporting evidence. Okay. So hang on, I'm going to interject something real quick. Interject, please. So, so remember in the uh, in the Legion of Dawn trailer, Helena's armor doesn't match any of the javelins that we have now. So, I mean, it's very possible that those are javelins, just different iterations. Right. So, so, so go with me. So, this is very early in our struggle on the planet. So, our armor is going to be very primitive. The weapons that we have are going to be very primitive. We're seen holding spears here. Some of the other people don't even have weapons. Um, so as we move on, so one of the things that we have seen in the Mike Gamble, Sabine, um, Fort Tarsus stream, there was a mural on the ground of a large enemy um, that was holding two bats. And then there was Helena Tarsus. I, I'm assuming this is Helena she also has a spear at this time. The javelin looks like it's getting larger from the from the first photo, and then there's a sword in the middle. So the creature that we're actually seeing, you know, if if you zoom in and you zoom and enhance, zoom and enhance as much as you can, it doesn't look like it's an ash titan. If you see the titan from the first mural that we saw, you can see that its chest is opened up, doesn't have any weapons. Um, all the titans we have seen from all the streams, they don't have any. Um, any type of weapon in their hands they're just kind of walking around but this thing does and if you look at it closely at its head it also kind of has a sloped back forehead like we've seen kind of in the upper image so my theory crafting is that there is this other race that is not human that maybe we were um, inhabiting the world with that we were teaming up with to fight with against the world because if you go to the next slide the next image that we have shows Helena with every time you see one of these murals, it seems like her armor is getting bigger. So I'm imagining they're doing some work on it. And after we after the first image um, with Hel- with Helena and the big old giant creature fighting over the sword, every 
mural after that shows Helena with the sword. So I'm kind of following this chronological order of she fought with the spear, her javelin's getting better, she won the sword, fought over the sword, gained it. Even from the collector's edition art book, we see that maybe this person in the image that's handing her the sword is Arden, um, the person that, that was mentioned in the blurb. So as we get this, as she finally gets the sword and she's standing in a line full of, um, next to a bunch of people that are holding spears and shields, if you zoom in on this, um, you can kind of see that they're not wearing helmets. There's a lot of open face plates that look like they're... Um, that they're not human inside. You can also see that their hands only have three digits on them. So again, evidence that I don't think that we were, you know, only humans fighting for survival. There were other races maybe that came before us that were created by the anthem of creation that we were fighting with. So if my, if I might interject, um, it's definitely worth that, uh, we've, we've noticed, uh, in, plenty of the trailers before and even in just some of the screenshots uh some of the statues on the planet uh, on the planet uh in anthem is def well they're definitely not human like um i know we haven't seen like a a statue that was fully intact yet but at least like from i think the 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 most intact one that we've seen was um maybe just a face but like some of it was kind of obscured from like the uh about the brow down um like it did not look human. Like the nose looked alien. The had a general humanoid shape, but it definitely was not human. Yeah, it was the so. one from the from the EA Play demo that looked Prothean, like for mm-hmm. Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, I, I I do think and call call this a crazy theory if you will, um, but I I kind of have the sneaking suspicion that. Because uh, we we know that this is a world that was abandoned by its gods, like and and I've mentioned this in a previous episode of the podcast. But the whole thing is that the way that they say that that like not not like uh like our gods are dead or our gods are missing. It's like it was abandoned by the, it, its gods. Like I I feel like those statues, the the people that they fought off, uh, and the people uh, like I. Th- feel like those might have been the people that were in charge of terraforming or creating this planet and i i feel like they were like nah this planet's too much trouble we're bouncing and it's i i i think that's what's like they kind of figured out too late that you know these guys were controlling the anthem and even though they didn't really care about what happened to the humans um the whole thing is that they were better at controlling it than they were but now they're gone so they've abandoned their planet like it's it, the word choice has just always been like the biggest clue to me that they knew that they were there previously and they knew that they purposely left. Yeah. I mean, we, there's tons of shaper relics that are, that are scattered around. So I met and it, uh, shoot, when was it? We even, we even know that when they say shapers, they don't even know if it's plural or if it's singular. When did, I don't remember when they said that. Um, shoot as one of this maybe it was a maybe it was a tweet was it maybe, like two streams ago or something I it think? might have been two streams ago so so i mean there's still a lot of speculation over what a, what a shaper even is but you know as we as we look through you know helena tarsis she's standing in the line with this mural she's got standing by a lot of people with lances i'm guessing maybe this is where you know they got their lancers from the the term lancers i mean that's probably very similar to how we did it in medieval times you know uh, a freelancer was a knight 
that was, you know, roaming around the countryside with the lance looking for work. So if you look at the image where, you know, Helena Tarsus is standing over a body, a bunch of corpses with an honor guard, maybe these were their disciples, you know, it looks like they're winning some fight and they're getting ready to continue. But the next slide, sorry, this is this is a lot. So if you if Mike, Devin, Lupo, you guys want to stop me at any time, go ahead. But you can see that in this slide that these are obviously not human now, right? Three digits, weird face plates, weird looking mm-hmm. heads. So you're with me now. I'm, I'm convincing you. Good. Okay. So as you go down to the next one, I think, you know, as maybe we know that Helena was a general, but we don't know who exactly was leading humanity. We don't know if she was acting on orders. We don't know if she was doing this because, you know, she thought it was right. But it seems in the next mural um, that is seen in in the trailer, Helena Tarsus has her sword slammed into the ground. It looks like she's in some ruins. I'm guessing this might be Fort Tarsus early on. But those same creatures that were standing next to her in the previous slide look like they're going to attack her now. They have weapons yeah. up. They've got spears up. And, you know, with her stabbing her sword into the ground, shattering everything, I don't know if this is symbolic for, of her shattering some sort of bond or some sort of pact that she had with these creatures. We don't know exactly what happened there. Maybe it wasn't her choice that, that this had to happen. Maybe she was ordered to do it. But she's shown, it, to me, it looks like, you know, there was a separation of some sort from her and her disciples. And one of the interesting things to look at in all these murals, there's been no sign of any type of firearms at all. But then when we move on to those last images during the trailer where she is fighting an Ash Titan with a sword, jumping up as high as she can, then we get a shot of her wielding this sword, getting struck by lightning. There's a lot of these creatures that are around her that look, you know, the head structure looks exactly the same. The toes, as you see them getting blasted away from Helena, three-toed, I imagine that's very similar to the creatures that we saw depicted in the murals. So, to me, it seems like there was some change to where the people that were working with Helena turned against her. And in those images, it's also the first time we start to see actual firearms in them. If you zoom up, if you zoom in on the images, they're using weapons, they're using firearms against her. You know, even when they turn the image of her helmet, there's a giant bullet hole in her faceplate. So, I don't know if this is, you know... Old guard, you know, Helena Tarsus fighting an old way, whatever faction splintered off from the Legion of Dawn. Maybe it was the Dominion that splintered off. Maybe the splintering we're seeing is when the Freelancers or the Legion of Dawn split off and the Dominion was created and then they fought against her and they developed these other tools. We know that they've developed things like the Storm and now they're developing weapons that, you know, Helena just wasn't prepared for and that's kind of how she fell. So, you know, a lot of interesting stuff that you can read into i mean of course this is all just wild speculation that i've been spending way too much time thinking about (laughs) but putting these murals in chronological order just how i think that looks like they go i mean it kind of tells me a story already just based on what little information we have so that's my theory i mean what if it's a scar right so i mean it kind of looks like in in the examine the sword down you kind of see there more alien type creatures but it looks there you know they kind of look like images we've seen of like scar on the shield and different things um you know i mean i don't maybe at that point they before they became enemies i mean they they haven't really told us where the scar came from right you know and well i i guess for other reasons i know it's well we can't say 
never mind. Some of that stuff is under <laughs> NDA, so. Well, I mean, it's got to be some kind of different you know race. But when they talked about like the stream where they showed off the first uh, the Arcanist or whatever, uh, they talked about uh, they showed on like for a brief blurb or whatever when they were forming the insects were forming arms and legs and whatever. I mean, I don't know. No, so let's see. What stream was that? That was that must have been EA Play when they were showing Yarrow for the first time, right? Yeah. No, that was that it was after. Oh, that was yeah. PAX. Yep. So that was PAX stream. When they did the uh, panel. I wonder if it has a date in there when they first. Um, I'll have to go look it up because we know that Helena Tarsus was, you know, the fort was founded, you know. 500 years ago from when the game starts. That was Kathleen Rootsart mentioned that during the EA panel. So, you know, I guess we would have to see when this, when the scar first appeared, but according to my theories, you know, for some reason we were, you know, the dominion started fighting against us for some reason, maybe it was over equal rights of three toed people compared to the five toed humans. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, that we'll still have to see, but from what we can tell from the few murals we have, this is kind of my, my theory the legs look clearly there. different to me, right? So, like, they're not in their full armor, and the one where she's slamming her sword down, the legs are completely different than where she's standing, like, with the honor guard. It looks like they're either in javelins or they have some kind of armor on. So, right, and it, and it's it's very possible that those are different, but I mean, them using spears, um, a lot of the heads look the same. It's yeah, you know, it could be it could be um, artist interpretation depending on you know. Who who drew yep. these or who carved these murals? So who carved it? A lot of interesting stuff. I mean, that's that's my knowledge drop. There wasn't a lot else to talk about. So this is you know the Legion of Dawn. I mean, this is going to be the one thing that we're that we're going up against. So another interesting thing. Sorry, I'm going to keep talking because I did a lot of research on this. Is that I don't <laughs> think that javelins were able to fly back then. This is probably a newer development that javelins were actually able to fly in the myths of General Tarsus. Um, it said that. She scaled a mountain to defeat a massive beast at its peak and protect the people below. The freelancers now fight to protect all humanity. So I'm guessing way back then, you know, they just didn't have the power, the power to fly. So they had to walk everywhere. So it's kind of interesting, interesting to see that evolution of technology and, you know, going from swords, spears, and then going to firearms and maybe them not being prepared for that escalation of war is what eventually lost, you know, Helena Tarsus, whatever war or, or her life. It says she sacrificed herself for us, so maybe she fended everyone off until we were able to get to safety. So um, that I ahead. just uh, well, I just wanted to uh, add just uh, one quick thing. I know we mentioned it the first time we talked about that uh, the one particular mural, uh, mural, but I I just wanted to point to the one where it has the uh, uh, has Helena Tarsus uh, versus <laughs> some unknown giant. Um, I, I just want to draw attention to that again, real quick. Um, so the last time we, the last time we talked about it, I, I kind of mentioned that, um, it kind of looked to me like the, because it kind of almost looks like they're jumping out of, uh, out of a really like elastic window, if that makes sense. Like, it looks like they're jumping through something that's cracking as it's going and maybe it's symbolic of lightning. I don't know, but, um, I, I, I do just want to point out, especially since this is a clearer picture, um, that it definitely seems like they're both wielding the same kind of power. Um, and whatever it is that she's fighting uh, is doing it without any kind of javelin. Like, so 
I don't know if that helps anybody in our audience, um, you know, craft their own theory or anything like that. But I, to me, that's like the big thing that stands out about that mural. So maybe it's not even her. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, the it could maybe Helena is able to wield it naturally, and she just wears a javelin for fun. I don't know about you guys, but I would wear a javelin for fun. It seems heavy. So, but guys, since if there's nothing else, I mean, we've talked a lot. This has gone very long, and I talked way too much. And you guys are just like I can tell you're bored to tears with all my um <laughs> with all my lore dropping here. So. The only other what thing- do you think, Lupo, since you're the guest here? What do I think? About Steven's ideas. <laughs> I don't think he's rambling. I think he's passionate about the about the lore here, and he's done a lot of work. And, you know, uh, usually you guys don't have this much time between the last thing that you did to now. You know, so like Steve was saying in the beginning of this whole segment that this trailer dropped as you were getting ready to have the interview with, with John. So it didn't really get touched on a lot in your last episode. So he's literally had a full seven days to think about this. That's a lot. It's dangerous. That it's is dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I, I have it's ideas. That I, just wanna, I don't want to carry it on. Like, I, I think it's interesting to see that that same picture that JD was talking about. And there's a sword in the middle and they're clashing from either side. It kind of seems like that's like the center of power. Maybe, maybe it's more symbolic than just a physical representation of a sword. Cause then you yeah. see like, she takes the sword and breaks down whatever she's in like the trailer did say that she had to sacrifice herself to save everybody else. So maybe maybe the sword is there, but it's not necessarily about the sword itself. Yeah, I definitely I always thought, you know, looking at it from whenever we saw Mike and Sabina walking over it is that, you know, it it's probably not just well, it could be just a, you know, shaper powered a shaper relic that we were talking about with john that this thing was just super powerful that it was worth fighting over and having this ultimate conflict because you know going forward from this from this mural from what we can tell she had it with her until she died so i mean and maybe that is just a symbol of of her power and that was a representation of whoever was going to lead the fort would wield the sword and that thing's been locked away because we know that they said in the in the trailer that the the Fortress of Dawn has been locked away, and now we need to follow in the footsteps. So maybe that's something that's going to play a big role uh, coming up in the actual game. Is maybe that sword is going to be you know it's going to be there for us to find or to be a big part of it. Steven really wants us to be able to find the sword. I really do. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no reason. Even though everyone be. tells him there's no sword, he's talking about the sword fetish. Like he's got a thing for swords, man. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, the only other thing that we've had, we've heard that the uh, issue two of the comic has been, there's a little blurb on comicbook.com. If you go to comicbook.com, you can just search for the Anthem uh, comic and it'll come up and there's a little bit, little blurb. I don't know if I want to like read it if people don't want spoilers. Um, reaching out to someone that actually knows things about comic books, I was kind of confused why they would release this before the first issue is out. I, apparently it's a comic book thing that... You have three months to make orders on comic books, so and that's how they get shipped out to the stores. So they do this a lot. A lot of these issues will be spoiled beforehand, just so um, store owners can actually go and buy them. So it's a normal thing that they did this. So I don't know if 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 you want spoilers, you can go read it. And there's not huge spoilers, but I know the internet's weird about spoilers nowadays. So I don't want to get my head bit off. So so as we end this episode, we want to thank Lupo for coming out and hanging out with us while I rambled on for like 40 minutes about nothing. 
Thanks for uh, <laughs> at least we have one more listener that we were forced to have here with us. So Lupo, That's before we go, you want to <laughs> plug all your channels and all your Twitters and all your Instas. I think that's what the kids yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I have the same branding everywhere. Lupo, number two, The Rescue. Um, uh, Mixer, Twitch. I don't really stream on Twitch, but it's there. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Very cool. And make sure to catch you at your your Enter the Javelin web show on Mondays at 8 Central. I only Eastern. I only go by Mountain. <laughs> Sorry. Mount, Mountain's yeah. the only time zone that matters. So. Uh, so You sent me a message the other day. I'm like... He's like nine o'clock. I was like nine o'clock. That's not that bad. And then realize it's mountain time. I'm like, man, I would have be sore. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We better let Lupo go here. So if there if there's anything else, guys, there's a shape, there's a shaper storm on the horizon, and it's getting super close. Maybe there's not even going to be shaper storms in the in the game anymore. That'll be sad. <laughs> They're going to be there. Right. Look for the look for the caption contest. Yeah, we'll yeah, tweet that and win yourself uh, either a year of EA Access Premier Origin Alpha, whatever it's called. Or Legion of Dawn version of the game. So until next time, we'll see you on the other side. Peace. Hold on. There's a button here. Where is it? Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work.